Hello and welcome to FGC Philosophy and Happy New Year, actually. It is 2022. <laughs> it is January 1st, 2022 as of recording this. And I want to do an episode on this topic. I felt like it was really, really important and it'll tie into a couple of things. I'm going to talk about audiobooks in a second too. But uh, this episode, the main thing I want to try to convey, to clarify, to try to talk about and make you think about are two main things. There's the adversity can be an opportunity to improve and why that's important. And then there's also the concept of presence and why that's important versus uh, you know consistency and monotony. So we'll get into that. Uh, but first, a couple of updates with me, a couple of things going on in life. It's obviously the new year. Uh, I don't have any resolutions in terms of the new year. My resolution is just to, to improve and try to specify and really distill everything that I wanna do and get better at it. Uh, whether that be finances, whether that be my business, whether that be parenting, all the things that are happening in my life right now because like, I, I feel like there are a lot and you know I, I had a conversation with one of my friends Jared uh, and uh, I know a lot of Jareds so I feel like I don't like saying last names on on, on content for various reasons uh, but I do in the future want to talk about a different Jared that has nothing to do with my friend Jared uh, and it's <laughs> it, it's just kind of a funny inside uh, joke with myself where uh, when I say that name I just think about one of my old bosses and uh so if I ever talk about a Jared in the future and it's with animosity, just know it's one of the ones that was my boss and not one of my friends because uh, I have several friend Jareds as well. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> Let me get back to my point. So a few updates with myself. I am on break because the semester is on break, but I have been thinking a lot about my career, right? And I, I think I tried really hard to put myself in vacation mode, but all it really did was give me... Uh, anxiety in terms of what could I be doing right now and trying to force myself to just not think about my passions and it just I don't know if it panned out I did you know get some relaxation but I realized that I don't really enjoy myself if I'm playing too many video games or if I'm just kind of on my phone or uh, idling too much I, I like feeling accomplished at the end of my day and I, I've spent personally you know a lot of people say i work too much some people i just don't think know how to estimate how efficient they can be with their time and it's no disrespect it's just uh, i know that i can get more done and i can get more done if i take care of myself which is a, a bit of a tangent but personal health you know exercising and dieting is my main thing right now getting sleep is a uh, even with those two topics the reason this topic is important for me is that uh, I've had a lot of personal ad adversity that I've had to overcome. Uh, and I'm not one for comparing one's disadvantages and advantages. Everyone has their own experiences. And uh, one of the things that really irritates me is when someone belittles someone else's uh, struggles. And uh, I have to call myself out on that as well. Uh, because I, I, from coaching, from working with college students, it's so, so easy to forget that um, pain and depression and sadness, those things are very subjective based off of one's experiences. And while it's really easy for me to just be like, hey, <laughs> you don't know how hard you you could have it, right? Uh, I think as you get older, you, you realize a lot of the challenges that you have in life. So a little bit about adversity before we get into some of the other topics is uh, it's incredibly important for people to come to these topics with an open mind and thinking about these. I don't know how I come off, whether it be arrogant or 
humble or what I don't I don't know how I'm perceived by the listener right uh, all I can try to do is be as objective about my own experiences and acknowledge when I'm being subjective and feel very strongly about it if I want to but recognize that there are other possibilities out there outside of my own worldview and I ask you guys to do the same thing right uh, that's any episode that you listen to whether it be old ones or new ones always come with that mindset because uh, I, I know that I struggle with having conversations with people because some people don't know how to be subjective without being offensive or offended, right? There's some people who are just easily offended uh, and they wanna make excuses or they, they just tangent from the point. They can't really talk about the point productively, right? That's that's the issue or they can't think about it, which means they won't be able to talk about it and not actually make progress from what I'm trying to convey to them. Uh, and when I talk about these topics, this is mainly for younger people who may struggle with confidence issues or struggle with uh, laziness or along those terms is that you got to learn to understand that your worldview isn't the only way to see the world and that isn't the way the world actually works. Uh, sometimes things just aren't fair and you can spend time bitching about it or you can spend time doing something about it or getting over it and doing what you need to get done done, right? That comes from someone who spent countless hours in their bedroom playing video games when they should have been working on their issues. They should have been working on their depression or their suicidal thoughts and things of that nature, right? Uh, so this topic was inspired by uh, the audiobook that I've been listening to. If you guys have been listening to my newer episodes, I've been talking about what I'm listening to right now. And uh, I have two books that I'm listening to. <laughs> I finished the first Harry Potter book and... Uh, voiced by Jim Dale, and I got the second one, Chamber of Secrets. The first one was Philosopher's Stone or Sorcerer's Stone, depending on where you get your Harry Potter. Uh, but I listened to the, I guess, the UK version with Jim Dale. Voice actor's not too bad. I, I think some of the voices and some of his, uh, what's the term, intonation, his, the way he says something, a lot of the characters sound more whiny than what I would imagine them to sound like. For some reason, he tends to lean more on the whiny tones of when people are saying things and maybe that's just a british sort of culture that i don't understand in terms of like older media or actual culture you know the movies were i don't know could have been americanized i don't know much about uk culture honestly I'd... but uh, <laughs> when it comes to these books it's very fascinating and oh man i could go off on a tangent here so i, I think what i'm going to do is I'm gonna, i want to put timestamps on this so that if you don't care about the audiobook stuff you can kind of skip ahead, right? I like talking about this, and it's probably going to be a reoccurring thing for me. Uh, almost like a book club, I guess. <laughs> it's the closest thing. I've really wanted to do a book club, and I just, I don't think I've disciplined myself to really have uh, a, a book club mentality, right? Um, especially if it's going to be written. If it's audiobook, it's a little easier. But nonetheless, nonetheless, right? You guys can comment if you have thoughts on these books, if you've read them, if you're going through them as well. I'll make sure to let you know what I start reading uh, a little bit more. So there's going to be at least one nonfiction and one fiction more than likely. So like I said before, it's Harry Potter. This one is Chamber of Secrets. I just finished it and I'm contemplating getting the third one. I haven't committed to it yet. I got some other series that I'm looking at. Trying to finish if I can. Um, but it, I... Uh, man. Okay, so a little bit about Harry Potter in terms of the books. I've seen all the movies, never read the books. I don't know if it's because I'm older now and I've lived more life and I've learned more about politics and culture and a lot of different topics. Uh, I feel like the books and the movies are extremely messed up and that's not by lack of design, right? There are certain things that I feel like maybe I'm giving J.K. Rowling too much credit and then there's other times where I really wonder what 
her intention was or her mindset was with some of these books uh, because they're incredibly cruel. They're incredibly cruel if you think about it. Like the character Dobby, right? Uh, a lot of you might groan when you hear that name and I'd be one of those people that would as well. But I really feel like the books put into perspective how crappy of a situation this character was in in the mental state that he was in when he interacted with Harry Potter and trying to sabotage him and almost killing him a couple times, right? This guy was a slave to a Death Eater and clearly didn't align with the worldview or the morals of Lucius Malfoy, the Malfoys, right? Uh, or the Death Eaters or Voldemort. Uh, this guy, despite being a slave, knowing the punishment that he was going to get, and clearly he has created some sort of self-defense mechanism where he punishes himself before uh, other people can punish him, right? It, I've seen this a lot with clients where they will cause physical or mental pain to themselves before anyone else can do it. So when someone else does do it, or if they do, still do it on top of the individual piling onto themselves, it'll be less severe because they see that the message has been, they see that the message has been received, if that, if that makes sense to you. So uh, again, that's one of those things where I'm, I might be interjecting my own headcanon into the behaviors of this character, but in the books, they clearly go through the trouble of explaining why Dobby is the way that he is and his motivations and his actions and the weird things that he did in order to try to help Harry Potter. Uh, I'm not justifying anything. It's just, that makes me wonder, like, I don't have any hate for J.K. Rowling. I know there, right now there's a um, very much a, a friction between the LGB community, LGBTQ community and, and J.K. Rowling. Uh, I'm not in the middle of that. I don't really follow that too much. And, and I don't really follow the politics of J.K. Rowling. I just like the books, right? I don't care about the politics of it. So uh, please save me that conversation. We can have that conversation. But in terms of this topic, that's not really what I care about. So... Uh, I do like exploring the morality of these books because I think it's very fascinating. When I watch the movies, because I watch them every year with my family, um, I, we all can't help but laugh at how messed up the world is. Like, they're kind of racist to other species of, of creatures, like dwarves or uh, the elves, the house elves. Like the fact that that's still an acceptable way to conduct themselves on a magical creature, uh, even though it's kind of frowned upon, it seems like, by a lot of people, it, it still seems legal. He publicly has a slave and the Ministry of Magic hasn't done anything about that. Is this something that's discussed? I don't really follow too many uh, Harry Potter communities, but I've just been really getting into these books and I can't help but wonder at the psychology of J.K. Rowling, but also kind of the headcanon, you know, the psychology, the sociology of this world it seems really messed up. Uh, I could kind of talk about this for a while, but I, I think that was the main thing that was really sticking with me is just where did J.K. Rowling intentionally interject or inject like really malicious behaviors? And it seems like it's incredibly neutral sometimes. Like Harry Potter clearly isn't for a lot of this stuff. You have characters like Newt Scamander who aren't for this. So you kind of are somewhat making your moral alignment with, you know, Harry Potter and the way that he is. But Harry Potter is sometimes a morally neutral character as well. Right. And I think that's pretty fascinating. So I, I've been thinking about these books. If you guys have read the book, I'd love to know your thought, uh, your thoughts. If you read the series, if you thought about this kind of stuff and if this is just common knowledge and maybe I never really discussed it with people because it seems 
Like, maybe she's talked about it in interviews or something like that. I just haven't gone to look at it. But it's very, very fascinating how messed up this world actually is. And uh, sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's a little sad and messed up and hard to, like, think about. Because, yeah, Dobby, I used to think that character was annoying. But, man, I... I don't agree with the actions taken, but the character is kind of admirable for what that character was going through with her lifetime. So anyways, I digress. <laughs> I'm sorry for that. <laughs> Actually, I'm not sorry. Uh, it was fun to talk about that. I like those books. So anyways, <laughs> let me move on. So the last update before I get into these topics that I want to talk about is the fact that I went to my locals finally for the first time in two months and it felt great. Uh, the turnout was a little smaller. But I got to see some familiar faces and see some new faces at the FGC, at the Kalamazoo FGC. Uh, it's over at LFG Bar. If you guys happen to be in the area, you're interested in fighting games, that's where we meet up. Uh, we do it every single Thursday. I've been working on my career, so I haven't been going personally. Uh, but I'm always thinking about ways to promote them and market them. So I should be mentioning them on my podcast for sure. So make sure you check them out. Uh, Amy is the owner over at LFG Bar. She's very, very cool. Show her some love. Uh, the people at the locals are pretty cool we're all weird people we're all crazy but we welcome you as long as you're open to playing fighting games so yeah make sure you guys do that but uh, i went there and we also did a round robin for guilty gear uh, i'm happy to say i got second place so your dude can still hang right <laughs> uh, I, I like playing fighting games i love it I, I love the competitive environment even though i'm on a break from competing like really seriously uh, you know, I try to practice. I want to. I want to maintain. I want to be a good cheering partner for other people. So it was really good to know that you know I can. I can hang at the locals. And uh, there was this one guy, Amelia player, who was really, really good. That just destroyed me. Every other match that I uh, only lost one other set, but um, because it was a round robin, the way the points were divvied up, uh, I wound up getting that second. But that dude want to get more sets with them. Hopefully in the future. If you're listening, uh, I'm on PC. I know you're on PS4, so we can't play right now. But hopefully cross plat is a thing in the future. So that is something that I I hope to do. So good games. That was really fun. I, I'm glad to go out there because I haven't been there in so long, man. Ridiculous. All right, but let's get into our main topic. So the main topic was from this book that I'm going to talk about. It's called The Art of Learning. I've talked about it a lot uh, by Josh Whiteskin. But what I've been doing this time is listening chapter by chapter, right? Intentionally going back and re-listening to a chapter. Uh, I'm on, I think it was chapter 14. I got it here. And what I want to do is try to play some clips. So I'm going to listen to it and then I'll add it in uh, post-production so that you guys can hear it as well. I have a small clip from the whole chapter and I want to discuss some of the thoughts that I have on these topics. All right, so here's the first clip. Always optimizing the learning potential of the moment and turning adversity to my advantage. That said, there are times when the body needs to heal, but those are ripe opportunities to deepen the mental, technical, internal side of my game. The reason this is called FGC philosophy, the reason this is called fighting game philosophy is because uh, a lot of times I learn life lessons through fighting games and I transfer it to other areas of my life so sometimes i like to use analogies from games uh, not always fighting games but a lot of times it is fighting games <laughs> and uh, i think this is a great example of the introduction to the topic so the first part of this that i want to pinpoint is the last thing that he said in terms of recovery and um, kind of switching gears a little bit uh, i've had multiple phases in my life where i'm you know either learning or doing or learning and doing uh 
you know, working on skills, working a job and trying to learn skills. There, were t- there was a long stint of time where I was going back to school, uh, working at Lowe's full time, trying to get promotions there, moving up the ladder while also going to school and trying to start my own business and making content on the side. Uh, I'm sort of in, in some way still there. But I've had a lot more success in a lot of areas, but it's been, you know, balancing and juggling at the same time and not always juggling all the pieces. Sometimes things fall to the wayside, but I kept on trying to juggle uh, and stabilize and organize and and I'm still on that. But the, the key thing in this actual clip is the idea of recovery and and uh, from either you know actual injury, whether it's a literal injury, sometimes uh, in this actual chapter, he talks about uh, going to a martial arts tournament after injuring his hand. I think he broke his hand, uh, some of the bones in his hand, and was training with just his left hand. Uh, he's dominant with his right hand, so he was training with a disadvantage. And, and he goes on to talk about how he actually won a tournament because of the fact that he trained with a disadvantage, right? And uh, I I thought that was an incredibly interesting concept. And I've read about things of this nature. Uh, I am very much fascinated by the power of the mind or the power of the will. Um, Some people might put it in a religious context. Um, I I see it more of just like uh, willing something to happen. I don't think it's really too mystical or anything like that. I just think your mind is going to work harder when you convince yourself that something can happen. Uh, I know that to be the case. Now, obviously, sometimes there are just crazy circumstances that happen, and sometimes nothing happens at all, right? Uh, But it's just that concept of willing it into existence to some degree and uh, taking a disadvantage, right? And uh, I'm going to use two analogies here because they kind of go hand in hand when I'm talking about fighting games. Because uh, in fighting games and in several other competitive games, there is this really bad habit of tier list worship. So you have a all the characters in a game and the community as a whole and as individuals put each character on a tier list from like A to F, right? And some characters or some players treat this list as law and convince themselves that that is the case. And what will happen is sometimes people will play characters who aren't at the very, very top of the list because they have personal preference. Uh, but everything that they do around that concept in terms of like what they talk about, the, the way they improve, they often make excuses for why they lose. They often vent their frustrations on why it's so unfair, right? It's like working at a job and you can either complain about your situation or you can just do your job and shut up and keep it moving, right? Uh, either one is an option and there are multiple other options, but those are the two that I want to really pinpoint here. And the people who get promoted, the people who see success are the ones that just try their hardest to do the best that they can at a job despite how they feel about it uh, or despite what they personally think about it. And hey, there's moral conversations there depending on the job being done, but uh, we're assuming this is something that you want to improve on. This is something that you want. So if you want to win at a fighting game tournament, but then your first inclination is to complain about a character, that's on you, right? That's a wasted opportunity to learn and improve because you're at a disadvantage and all you can really do is acknowledge that. And when I talk about this with fighting game players, I talk about the concept of being black and being born at a disadvantage and using those disadvantages to your advantage. And that that can manifest itself in so many different ways. And that's something that I personally learned. I think because my dad was an immigrant, my mom was from the hood, I got a really good perspective of um, an immigrant's perspective on this country and a person who grew up in in a, a poor area. And I got to see 
sort of the comparison of the two. And I always looked up to my dad because, you know, he was really well-spoken. He seemed charismatic to, you know, outsiders. He, um, you know, was strong, physically strong because he worked a lot of jobs in construction uh, and in hardworking, right? And so I, I wanted to emulate that as best, as best that I could, <laughs> despite all my downfalls and such. And uh, I got to say that it is really important to acknowledge your disadvantages, but not let them hold you down. Right. And not only that, but use it to your advantage. Recognize where your weak spots are. Recognize where your strengths are and work on that. Um, strengthen your weaknesses, but also uh, lean on your strengths a little bit while you're doing that understand the rules of the game that you're playing whether that be social political the video game itself but very literally uh whatever it is for you from my perspective this is how i feel is a really good way to to work on yourself and i'm talking to myself in this as well uh because adversity is always going to be a thing and there are some people who get so caught up in the fact that life isn't fair or things aren't going my way that they don't perform to their best ability uh, I know that to be the case with me in this pandemic. I've recognized that in myself, and I always try to make sure I stamp that out as much as possible. Uh, part of that is also just physical health, you know, sleeping enough, eating enough. Those things are harder to do. You know, being consistent with your time, being doing things you don't feel like doing, uh, it's harder to say, uh, I'm going to not play these video games and do what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to not eat this cake and, and make sure I'm healthy. It's harder to do that when you're tired or when you're not already eating healthy or when your body's you know, not being exercised enough or maybe you're on the phone too much and you're mentally distracted and you're not meditating or you're not giving yourself enough time to clear your mind, whether it be meditating or exercising or some sort of activity where you're away from technology, you're away from a lot of stimulation and your mind is able to just rest, right? It could be journaling. It could be maybe reading a book. I think is sometimes really helpful, uh, especially when it's on a screen. The blue light, I, I feel, does mess with me in terms of maybe my circadian rhythms or my attention span. But I don't have like a, a, a Amazon Kindle or anything like that. So uh, that might be something I have to try out. But that's a digression. Back to my point, though. I do think it's incredibly important that you recognize when you need to rest and relax your mind and have the discipline to really pull through with that on a consistent basis, right? All right, so let's listen to this other clip. When aiming for the top, your path requires an engaged, searching mind. You have to make obstacles spur you to creative new angles in the learning process. In terms of using obstacles, uh, I talk about this with my students and people from the community because obstacles are always going to be there. And learning how to play around those obstacles and making that part of the strategy or adding that to the strategy is only going to make you stronger as a player, as a competitor, as whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, so I think this is a really important thing to recognize. And notice that he talks about having an engaged mind. We'll get back to that in a second as well. So let's listen to the next clip. That setbacks deepen your resolve. You should always come off an injury or a loss better than when you went down. So just a quick thing about this one is that there's a commentator that has a quote. I don't know where he got it from, but I like it. It goes, let your salt season your next victory. Basically, that means that when you lose and you're mad about it and you're fuming, take that energy and apply it to getting better so that the next time you're in the situation, you do better. Right. That's the way I translate it in my head, because that's something that I do uh, when I lose and I feel that emotion. 
I recognize it, I acknowledge it, and that means that I care about something enough so that I don't want that outcome to happen again. Uh, that could be my job, that could be at a tournament, or just you know an opponent that I have. I recognize that and I don't avoid that feeling because that means that I want something. I got the opposite of what I wanted, that I desperately wanted, and that means that don't run away from that feeling, embrace that feeling, recognize it, and remember that the whole entire time that you're training to not be put in this situation again. Don't forget that feeling. Uh, I've had this habit for a long time, and I always try to break it, and I see it in a lot of other people where people want to avoid their personal discomfort. They don't want to acknowledge the pain that they're in, and I understand, and I can sympathize, um, empathize, I can do both of those things. and you know, I during this pandemic, I saw it popping up in myself again, and I, I strongly feel it's not a productive habit. Now, if it's the only thing that you can do to keep yourself alive, if you know what I mean, then I understand. But I still urge you to set aside some time to where you are working on yourself mentally, whether that just be a guided meditation, right? I would recommend five to ten minutes of a guided meditation or a very specific meditation practice where you're working on, you know, mental awareness, mindfulness, maybe some emotional management, whatever it is that you need to do. Uh, But for the most of us that don't have that bad habit, take time away from all that. But yeah, for the rest of us, for people who don't have those issues and aren't like seeking therapy, (laughs) make sure you are working on this. It is incredibly important. Let's move on. Another angle on this issue is the unfortunate correlation for some between consistency and monotony. It's all too easy to get caught up in the routines of our lives and to lose creativity in the learning process. Even people who are completely devoted to cultivating a certain discipline often fall into a mental rut, a disengaged lifestyle that implies excellence can be obtained by going through the motions. This is where I feel a lot of people plateau in a lot of different areas. Now this could be, again, career, fighting games, whatever. Uh, I see a lot of people in fighting games get to this point and then they get stuck. And it is because they're not in that honeymoon phase where they're trying to pay attention to every little detail. At some point, they start doing combos without looking at them and really paying full attention. Uh, at some point, they're practicing their meaties, but they're not really postulating the possibilities, you know? Uh, at some point, people start to check out a little bit while they're going through the motions, myself included, right? Not just in fighting games, but in my career, in relationships. I feel like I sort of just go through the motions a little bit and uh, I'm distracted, right? And it's easier to do this when you're distracted, when you're on the phone a lot, when you're uh, doing multiple things, when you're thinking about games, when your mind is, you know, you have ADD and your mind is wandering and you're not keeping it in check. Really easy to go through the motions. And then, because you're going through the motions, it seems less novel. And what happens is it can lead to monotony. Or you could be the opposite where just from the get-go, certain things like exercising or, or practicing combos, practicing drills that you know they're going to help you as a better player or competitor or whatever, you automatically or just from the get-go find it boring. And as a result, you're already checked out and you're never putting full effort into it. So you never really acquire that skill that you've been practicing. You know, I, I feel like there's a lot of people who have tried to play a game, practiced some things, and just felt like they hadn't gotten better or learned anything. If that's you, this might be your issue. You're not really focused. You're not really thinking. You're not looking at all the information on screen and really reminding yourself of doing that consistently. One of the things I love about 
practices like martial arts and, and boxing and yoga is every single movement matters. Every punch that you throw, you're supposed to throw with your most intention. When you're meditating, every breath that you're taking, you're supposed to be very aware of it at all times. That's part of the practice is the awareness of it. Uh, but with gaming, I think it's really easy to get lazy on the awareness. And a lot of people have the mechanical skills and just don't know why they're failing. Or maybe they don't even have the mechanical skills, but like they just can't get better. And they don't know why they can't get better. They can't self-correct. Uh, it's because you're not paying attention. What it, what it boils down to. So I think that that's a very relevant clip. Uh, I have in the past struggled with this a lot. Sometimes when I'm playing with friends that uh, aren't as focused as I am, it's really easy for me to get as unfocused as well. And um, I've been so desperate to improve that I started to mute my friends when I'm practicing. Because as much as I love chatting with them, it's not fun for me to play a game and not play it to my best. You know, because I don't see fighting games as just a video game for those who don't, you know, play games competitively. Uh, even though I'm basically like, I'm not necessarily retired, but I'm taking a hiatus from competing because I got other priorities. So I play fighting games to relax, but my way of relaxing is really digging into the details and looking at these animations and appreciating the game and learning how to do things better. So when I'm playing with friends and just talking, it feels more social and it doesn't really, I don't feel justified wasting my time doing that. I love hanging out with my friends. Uh, I like shooting the shit. But I'm playing fighting games because I want to feel productive. I want to be productive. Uh, and just mashing buttons with my friends can be somewhat good. You know, I'll, have, I'll definitely have some good matches. But if I'm not fully present, then I'm not really playing at my best. And then I'm not going to be satisfied, right? I'm just going to be like, why did I, I waste my time? Why did I do that? So for me, it's incredibly important because I've spent so much of my life being distracted. That video, fighting games is one of the few things where I can feel very present and it helps me remember to, to have that level of presence with my family with my jobs with my friends so the more i play fighting games oddly enough the more focused i tend to get because i want that level of that sense of progression of improvement of growth in other areas of my life and not just fighting games so it's, it's kind of an interesting thought process for me i don't know how i kind of made that connection I know when I recognized it, but I don't know why I do that. Uh, and that's just something I've always had because martial arts is the same thing. Like, I, it's been years. Well, it's been years since I practiced martial arts. The, the main art that I practiced when I was younger is like the one that I hold near and dear. I've had several senseis over my life. I practiced Muay, uh, not Muay Thai, uh, Capoeira. I practiced Wado Ryu, which I'm not as familiar with. Um, boxing. And then you know, Goju Ryu is the one that I consider my home. The one that I want to get a black belt in one day. Uh, hopefully I can still do that. I think there's a sensei somewhere locally, but I'll probably get a black belt and something else before that. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> uh, either way, it's just presence is important. And uh, I don't, it's not one of those actions or skills you can really explain to somebody else. Like I, I'm trying to explain meditation to some of my students who, uh, you know, I, I think that's going to benefit them. And they're expressing their frustration with the fact that they can't really, you know, meditate for more than five seconds before their mind wanders. And they're like, that's part of the practice. And you can't, you can't quit, right? You got to stick with it because there's things that I can explain about how the mind works, but I can't have those conversations if, if the other person's not on the same level. So it's really hard sometimes. And it's not a, it's not an arrogant thing. It's like, I can't talk about cars if I don't know what a car, like I can't talk about a combustion engine if I don't even know what a car is, right? If I don't know about engines, I don't know about automobiles. 
I can't have a conversation with a mechanic about how to repair one. So it's not necessarily anything saying I'm I'm holier than thou or anything like that. It's just a lot of people don't focus this because it's more of an Eastern sort of tradition. And even though it's pretty normalized in America, a lot of people just don't have that habit because it's so hard to develop, to work on that muscle. It's so hard to just sit still with your thoughts and emotions, especially now during a pandemic where everybody has anxiety and depression. Uh, it's really hard for people to be alone with their thoughts for an extended period of time, let alone sit still physically. It's just, it's a really hard skill to start. The the skill ceiling, the skill floor is a little high, I suppose. <laughs> uh, but let's move on to the next clip. We lose presence. Then an injury or some other kind of setback throws a wrench in the gears. We are forced to get imaginative. Ultimately, we should learn how to use the lessons from this type of experience without needing to get injured. A basketball player should play lefty for a few months to even out his game. A soccer player who favors his right leg should not take a right-footed shot for an extended period of time. If dirty opponents inspire a great competitor to raise his game, he should learn to raise his game without relying on the ugly ruses of his opponents. This adds on to the concept of being present, because if you're being present, you can intentionally choose what you're being present about. Uh, and one of those things is recognizing where your weak points are and improving on those. In fighting games, practice a combo from both sides. If you don't practice a combo equally on both sides, you're more likely to drop the combo on your less dominant side, right? It's like trying to write. If you don't practice your handwriting on both hands, your other hand is going to be trash. It's not rocket science. It really isn't. But if you're not really consciously going through the motions of what you're improving, why you're improving that skill, you don't always recognize the opposite. I think that's one of the reasons why in fighting games nowadays for me, I don't plateau as much, at least with some of my friends and rivals, um, because I kind of I try to keep challenging myself. Now, I, I've seen in the past I get lazy and only practice what I know, but I have since tried to break that habit, and it's really, really helpful. It really is. And I want other people to keep doing that as well, because a lot of people get like, I don't get frustrated when I plateau because if I plateau, that means there's something I can work on. Like that's literally all that is. I need to recognize and pinpoint what I want to work on. And if there's anything that is recognizable that I'm not making progress, I can start there. Otherwise, I can just pick a, uh, from the list of things that I'll, I could be working on. Right. There's tons of other things to work on. Very niche and specific or very broad. I tend to work on the broad fundamentals because that's what's mo most fun to me, it seems, right? There's other things that I want to work on and improve, usually more advanced, but they usually are easier to learn once I've mastered the prerequisite for that skill, right? <laughs> that makes sense. So that, that's the way I, I practice. And right now I'm hitting a, a time plateau where it is hard for me to improve because the level of skill that I'm at right now requires me to put a, put in uh, more time or to recognize what is required of me to get better uh, against opponents that just destroy me. And it's an interesting place to be. Uh, the only thing frustrating about it is a ranking system and, and how I'm sort of in a weird limbo where I don't get the chance to fight enough consistent opponents. So uh, I'm sort of motivated to put in a tiny bit of more consistent time with that game so that I can improve in a way that is uh helpful for me like so i can get to that next echelon um this is a bit of a tangent but i, I do want to say one of the reasons i love fighting games is it, it's sort of like chess it's very intellectual to me but there's a physical aspect of it that makes it very rewarding as well i'm not as gatekeepy or elitist about it as other people like i don't care about the pretzel motions and crazy hard inputs 
if I like the game, I like the game. And if there's a mechanical aspect to it, I want to master it if I can. Uh, and if it, there isn't, then there's other things that I can put my attention towards that isn't a big deal to me. And then the last little aspect of this clip that I think is also important to recognize is that the author and the person voicing it, Josh Whiteskin, he talks about not lowering yourself to somebody else's standards, right? I think this can get a little bit gray because there are certain people who think that spamming fireballs is cheap and less than. And uh, I don't fall into that camp. I play Fong, I will throw fireballs at you all day. And if you don't like it, then get over it and learn how to beat it. Because there's always ways to beat these strategies. So uh, I agree in a sense of like, if someone's punching you, right? If they're trying to do something that's like against the rules of the game, that in my, that in my opinion is lowering yourself to win. I think things get a little bit more gray when you're talking about tactics within the game, you know, like teabagging or something like that. Uh, those are okay in my book because it's all in game. It's all legal. It's all on the up and up. I believe this topic gets more ambiguous outside of games and more into like the career where people are doing and saying underhanded things and, and, and making deals and stuff like that. That's where it gets way more gray versus fighting games and other competitive games. It's the rules are already set. So uh, outside of that, if you're getting butthurt about something, if you're getting offended by something, then that's on you and that's something that you have to learn that's like getting salty and, and tilting it falls into that category you got to handle your own emotions and if you lost because you can't handle your emotions that's your fault nobody else's i don't care if the character is weak or strong or whatever the tactic they use is cheap it's on you and you just got to accept that all right so that is this week's podcast thank you guys so much for listening now i do want to say if you guys are interested in checking out audiobooks, you can do yourself a favor and do me a favor by using the link in the description. It's taviannapier.com slash audible. Uh, that will get you a free month and I believe two free book tokens for it. And if you don't like audible, then it's no commitment. But if you do end up liking it and you keep audible, then you wind up helping me out. I get a commission from that. Uh, thanks to Amazon and uh, kind of, you know, keeps this wheel turning, so to speak. So again, if you want to do me a favor, if you enjoy my content and you also are interested in audiobooks, because I I don't really do a lot of promotions and stuff, uh, a lot of affiliate marketing, because I, I don't always I don't like the products usually, but I literally listen to audiobooks every single day. There's one other book that I'm listening to that I won't talk about now because I'm, I don't know if I like it or not. Uh, but I can say that the two books I talked about today thoroughly enjoy and I want you guys to experience it, too, but I'm not going to push how to do it. So check out the links if you're interested. If not, no big deal. Uh, that said, thank you guys so much. Make sure you do subscribe to this because it helps me out. Give me a thumbs up or a like wherever you're listening to this. Share it out. Share it out to other people if you think this topic or this conversation is interesting. Keep that conversation going. This is the last thing I'll say. I'm 35 now or 34. I'm, I'm somewhere up there. And I'm starting to feel that generational gap between myself and the younger generation and the, I find myself relating to the older generation a little bit more now. And I'm noticing that shift very consciously. And I worry that it's just me getting set in my ways and not being open to new information. But I also feel very strongly about things. And so it's important for me to have that conversation so that I remain grounded. I'm not always going to agree with people, but I like disagreeing with people and meeting somewhere in the middle of understanding where you're coming from and respecting it, but also saying that ain't for me. Right. Uh, I think that's incredibly important to continue to maintain on an individual level, but also on a, a, a country level. Like, I feel like our country is at each other's throats and that ain't cool. 
Uh, I feel like depending on what president we have, we might, you know, have a civil war <laughs> if one side isn't happy enough. And I, I'm somewhere stuck in the middle. I'm incredibly neutral on a lot of things. Not neutral, but um, not always having the same solution as one or the other party will have. Uh, so that said, that is my two cents. I appreciate you guys for listening. Thank you so much. And I will see you all in the new year. <laughs>